0: to Shots with Catherine, Conversations with Creatives, where I chat with creatives of all different mediums to get into what really inspires them. Today I'm excited to welcome musician and actress Elizabeth Froelich. Known for singles Shatter and Spies, she's been studying the arts since the age of seven and at 15 even sang for Pope Benedict XVI with Pueri Cantores in Rome, Italy. Welcome Elizabeth, excited to have you here today. Hi, I'm excited to be here. You got to, you, you went straight to my, my website that I
1: haven't updated <laughs> in a while, love it. <laughs> got to do that research. Oh yeah, get it done. Yeah, that's um that's something that I need to work on. But yes, I did sing for the folk which
0: was fun. <laughs> I am definitely going to ask about that. I saw that and I was like, "Oh shit." <laughs> so, you've been fully immersed in the creative arts world most of your life. Can you tell us a bit about your journey so far and what got you into music and performing from such a young age?
1: Oh gosh. Um it's I don't know I have always had my dad used to say like as a kid because he never wanted me to be um he was in the entertainment business he was a reporter so he never wanted me to be like a part of it there's so much in this industry but I have literally been doing play since I was like five I've always loved just making people laugh and making people feel something and think so it's like I don't know. It's it's literally just always been my outlet is creativity. And like, as a kid, I didn't think I was good at writing, which um, I figured out that I could do if you put your mind to it. Um, so I was like, well, I'll just I'll just act what other people write for me, or I'll just sing what other people sing for me. And as as I got older into my teens and into college, I was like, you know what? I have I have the capability. So why am I only doing? of what I possibly could do. So uh, yeah, it's always been either a hobby or uh, I was in choir at at eight years old. It's just been uh, the the creative side has been my major side and everything else just falls (laughs) underneath that. When I was 13, this is going to sound really bad, but when I was 13, like the, the Disney aspect of it, like the, the, Camp Rock and Hannah Montana and all of those things that kind of I grew up with. And and they were these actors who could sing. So I wasn't sure as a little kid, like which path I was going to take. Maybe I was going to do musical theater and end up on Broadway or whatever. But I hate the cult, so that wasn't going to happen.
0: Um,
1: so, so I started writing around 12 or 13 and just in like this giant Vera Bradley notebook that I had. And then I got another Vera Bradley notebook, which... I still think is in storage somewhere, but they, you know, they're the cheesy 13 year old songs. Um, and progressively just, I would take poems and kind of add to it and progressively just kind of found my own, my own voice through working through it. But I mean, uh, years of working through it, <laughs> still learning what I want and who I am.
0: That's so funny. Cause I remember when I was a kid, we didn't have cable TV. We watched one movie a week, the weekly family movie. And I would watch Disney Channel in hotels. Hannah Montana was one of my favorite shows. And for a while as a kid, yes. I wanted to be a Disney star. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people, like Disney gives you that opportunity
1: to like see yourself in the characters that they are portraying when you're a kid. Like now, obviously, if we go back and look at it, we're like, haha, that's so cheesy. But like as a kid, it's like, oh, my God, this is a possibility. Hannah Montana my age. Why? You know, like. I could be like Hannah Montana and like, yeah, it's cheesy, but it's, it's so, that was so formidable for me. And like, I grew up listening to classic rock and like all that. Like I knew like quote unquote good music, but like seeing kids your age, that's what, you know, and that's why you see with Disney and Nickelodeon, they have all these musical or talented kids on the show. Cause it's like the creatives get an outlet with that, you know? <laughs>
0: And so you mentioned, grew up listening to classic rock. What kind of music in general has inspired you and inspired your sound?
1: Definitely. I mean, the Beatles are my number one, just in general, like number one artist band. Um, their music has so much, it's so diverse in different ways at the same time. you're aware that that's, you know, the Beatles, um, and so they really just growing up influenced me a lot, of, um, a lot of classic rock and roll, like even Aerosmith and Journey and just anything that you could move and groove to while still having like a passion in it. Because I, I love dance and electronic music. That's fun. But you don't hear the passion in the vocals, obviously. Mm-hmm. And hearing the passion in the vocals, that's what moved me. And the range that you could do with all the different sounds and I mean I grew up on Taylor Swift and I still love Taylor Swift now like she's an icon when it comes to writing stories in your music so it's kind of mixing the the, all of my influences together is where I found my sound.
0: And then what was, what was that like, you you know, you're trying to, so you're trying to write some songs, trying to figure out what you want your sound to be as music's very creative, but it's also super collaborative because you're working with producers, potentially other songwriters, other musicians. So what was that like just discovering your own sound? Did you have any hurdles along the way or, you know, thinking that you want to go in one direction and ending up going somewhere else?
1: Definitely. I mean, even now I like as much, Shatter and Spies are my babies because those were the first like those were my first two songs that actually got off the paper and I worked with Alex Houghton and Brian Viverts, who are two huge uh, music producers and they worked with my icons. Brian Viverts is the uh, uh, sound mixer for Green Day's American Idiot, which wow. was my favorite album growing up. Um, and he's, there's some of the sweetest people, but working with them was really cool because I was, God, I was fresh out of college when we, when we started working on that. And they, they made it a fun process by being like, you know, well, what, what music, you know, what vibe is this song? So I took Shatter and I gave them like three or four songs, mostly Halsey songs at the time, um, you know, and, and control by Halsey was actually Chatter's kind of, uh, influence, but it, you, I handed the, those over. We discussed like the range and the sound and kind of what extra things you wanted in there. And then we'd hear the vocals and we'd add extra, you know, you just keep building on top of that. Cause in your head and on the paper, there's, one idea but as you build just like in screenwriting as you build you're finding all these other things that you can add to it or take away or what works and what doesn't um and so those two songs while because i was also trying to work and make money at the same same time they took a little while but the process was just so uh how do i want to say this but the process was so smooth because they were so kind to work with um when you get the right people who understand what you're saying because I as much as I do like to write it takes me a while to like fully comprehend and say what I want to say and so sometimes I'll just babble like I did with you on the music video I was like these are the thoughts that I had and you understood what I was saying and like they understood what I was saying because as a creative sometimes you know your mind is going 12 different directions at once
0: that's really cool that you got to work with them. How did how were you able to connect with them and work with them, like you said, fresh out of college? <laughs> lot, it was lucky.
1: I was on uh, Backstage.com, which is the website you can use to audition, just like Actors Access. Um, on Backstage, they have, or in Actors Access, they have um, musical sections as well. And I had my profile up, and I had submitted to a different project, and Alex saw that, and he said, hey, you know, we're we do this thing where we help out new artists, you know, would you be interested in working with us on that? And so he, in a way found me, but because we were both on the same website, you know, I had put my profile out and he was looking through profiles and that's, I, it was just luck, honestly. <laughs> he saw my other music and uh, enjoyed
0: it. And then I'd love to hear a little bit more about like what goes into writing, what's your writing process like?
1: Uh, everything inspires my songs. A lot of times it's just me talking to myself while I'm walking the dogs and then I pull my phone out and something sparks. Uh, my phone's filled with a bunch of just random one or three liners that eventually when I sit down to write, I look through those because those, the, sometimes what happens in my head is I'm thinking about something, talking to myself, and then a line pops up. And I write that down. And when I go to write, write, that line sparks a whole story, you know, and it sparks maybe even something different than what it originally came from. Or I'll mix different sets of notes together and see what comes from there. But a a lot of time it's, it's because I'm moving and I'm walking around and I'm thinking or I'm reading or I'm listening to a podcast or I'm watching a movie and it reminds me of something that i have done or reminds me of something that i want to discuss and that's what i i write down my one liner and that'll spark more so it's it, it's different each time but for the most part it's coming from my my notes from my random thoughts
0: throughout the day <laughs> so that's the trick to creativity go to, go for lots of walks yeah just just keep walking
1: outside that's actually that actually is a trick for creativity i learned in college it's like if you are trying to memorize um, I had a friend. My not had a friend. My best friend Maria. She used to uh, walk to class while memorizing her lines. So she'd get a Starbucks cup of coffee and she'd be talking to herself in Starbucks. And then she'd start walking, and she's talking. And people would just be staring at her. She was memorizing her lines, and she is one of the best actresses I've ever met. Um, so it's like it walking actually does uh because your endorphins are moving that walking really does make a difference and create like you're stuck when you're writing something get up start moving
0: (laughs) wow i i gotta try that because i love going for walks usually i listen to audiobooks and i just started learning german this year kind of a new year's resolution thing and go for walks and listen to german and get funny looks because i would be repeating phrases of german while walking mm-hmm. I was like this is just this just happens to be when I have time to listen to this German audiobook but no if that's going to help me memorize it all those vowels are really hard then I should yeah I should plan that specifically I'll go on my German walks
1: seriously though it does it really makes a difference in like I I walk dogs and listen to podcasts and something in the podcast you know and then all of a sudden I'm off on my own train of thought we're listening to the audiobook or whatever and i'm on my own train of thought because that one thing whatever they said sparked so it's like walking around and listening to something really does spark your own creativity and it'll help you memorize german
0: <laughs> perfect <laughs> and so now burning question singing for the pope how and what was that experience like so uh, I went to Catholic school from age two,
1: <laughs> Mother's Day out, um, to eighth grade, so 14. And um, I was really, really close with the choir director. And My sister was in choir as well, Mrs. Schroeder. And she got us the opportunity, Catholic schools around the world, join in on Quarry Um And it's on New Year's Day in, it's a big Catholic choir event you don't have to be a school um it tends to be younger kids but it can be with your church um and it was new year's day 2011 i think uh but we flew to rome for six days we sang in different churches he came to one of our rehearsals and then you do new year's day mass and the whole mass inside st is it st patrick's basilica um the whole mass in there is all these choir kids. So I was actually in high school, but because my sister was still in school and I was close with the choir director, she's only like 10 years older than me, um, We, she brought, you know, I was allowed to go along and a couple of other siblings who used to be in the choir, but not anymore, we got to go along and uh, sing a lot of stuff in Italian, a lot of Latin. Um, and I went to the most masses in my life because we went to church once or twice a day, the whole six days we were there. Because they wanted us to see all the different fancy old Roman churches, which was really cool. Um, just the history of the city. I mean, I know I took like sixteen hundred photos, and they're all on Facebook. <laughs> it's just like a random brick at, in Rome, like. But yeah, it was a really cool experience to uh, to it was Saint is uh Pope Benedict the Sixteenth who stepped
0: down, but still, still pretty neat. <laughs> Wow, that that sounds amazing. It must've been hard learning all those songs in Italian and Latin.
1: To be fair, I had been singing in the church for 10 years at that point. So I knew a lot, we knew a lot of the songs in Latin and some of the Italian, but we spent a year and a half rehearsing up before wow. we went. Yeah, they you you have to submit and apply like way in advance. So she, our, our choir teacher had been working on this for like four years by the time we actually went. Yeah. But it was really cool. We all got, oh, the only thing was, so we flew to Italy. Um, they left our luggage in Dulles airport In we Mm. went from Florida to Dulles, Dulles to Germany, Germany to Rome, but it, our luggage didn't even make it to Germany. It stayed in America. So for three days, (laughs) three days, we didn't have clothes and I sang. At rehearsal for the pope in sweatpants and an all-star weekend uh uh baseball t-shirt and and slippers and i walked through uh saint peter's basilica in those slippers and that was not i was not pleased with myself
0: <laughs> but there was nothing i could do <laughs> my luggage wow. was in america so did they end up having to ship it to you or what happened? They did. They
1: got it. And we were staying at like a convent with the nuns. So the parents had to walk like a mile to where they dropped off our luggage. And all the parents went and got our luggage and brought it back to the convent for us. And there was it was a group of like 45 kids plus a couple siblings like myself, plus the parents. So it was a it was a big group of people and we didn't have our luggage.
0: Oh geez. Yeah, I mm-hmm. g- can't even imagine that, that many kids, they all just been on a flight, presumably nobody's showered yet, nobody has fresh clothes. Yeah, Yikes. and so our
1: luggage, yeah, our luggage didn't come for like two or three days, and we were only there for six days.
0: <laughs> Yikes. But it is a memory,
1: it is gorgeous. I was, I'm obsessed with Italy in general, but God, Rome is beautiful. Ten years, how many years later? Twelve years later, I'm still saying I want a flat in Italy at some point.
0: <laughs> oh gosh me too I love it I would totally want to live in Italy too I did a study abroad there while I was in school in this cute little hill town two hours from Rome
1: and oh that's that was so, so cool. nice.
0: it was so chill
1: that it is so cool yeah place. Italy is um, gorgeous I mean Europe in general there's just so much history and gorgeousness uh, you know it's just insane my best friend lives in Portugal and I just cannot wait to visit her Do a show (laughs) or two
0: over there, shoot a music video over there. Right? Uh, One day. One day. We're working on it. (laughs) So music and performing, it's both personal but also interactive because you're working with other people, you're trying to grow a fan base. And I noticed that when the music video for Shatter was first released, it got thousands of views really quickly and you have a very active and engaged following on Instagram as well so how have you gone about building engagement and connecting with fans and putting yourself out there as a musician what's that like um I was funny I was actually talking to my mom this morning
1: I am not the I am not that great at social media like if I could pass my social media off I would um, it's a lot more difficult. Like a lot of, it comes naturally to some people branding and, and creating content and sticking with the algorithm and stuff. And for me, I'm just like, I just want to entertain. I like this whole, the whole interaction and, and, and having to do it in a way that, that, you know, you get the algorithm, the work to find you. Um, I actually haven't been, I haven't, upheld it as well as I had in the past, uh, with the pandemic and everything. But it's, it's simply, I, I found being your true self at the end of the day, will find the right people because I, there was a moment there online that I was being this heightened version of myself, this cooler version of myself. And I was getting people sending me these weird DMS and saying mean things. And, and I was like, you don't even know me. And then I was like, because I'm not putting the real me out there. And the cool is what will attract people. But being your real self is what keeps people. And that's what I found. So yeah, you're. I, like, I, I have a flow and up and down of like followers and stuff sometimes. But at the end of the day, I don't think about it much because I'm working to entertain. And if you like it, you like it. If you don't, that's what that's what music and comedy and, and entertainment is for. There's so many different Genres and people and types out there that, okay, you don't like me, that's fine. (laughs) You don't have to be mean about it, just (laughs) get off my page. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, so it's social media is not my favorite, but
0: I try. (laughs) Oh yeah. It's such a challenge. Like I think we're the generation that didn't just grow up with it. So we kind of had to learn it as adults. I mean, kids these days, they're on Instagram in middle school. And I remember I didn't even start using a cell phone until high school. And I didn't want a cell phone because I didn't have anybody to call or text. And my parents were like, do you have your phone? I was like, no, I forgot it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I grew up on Tumblr. So like, (laughs) you know, shit posting in the middle of the night was where I was at. And like, the, the, I didn't get Instagram until like my second year of college like I just I was not I was you know I, the the keeping up of the algorithm is so much easier for the kids who yeah like you said grow up with it whereas we're close to that age group but we didn't grow up with it
0: yeah I I'm in the same boat I didn't start an Instagram until college and that was when some model that I'd worked with in Chicago was saying that it was a good way to put your stuff out there. And up until that point, I think this was what, 2016 or so. And up until that point, I thought Instagram was just people posting selfies and stuff about their lives. And I was like, I don't don't do that. But then then I realized, oh, it's a great platform to put your work out there and to 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 just connect with people, like, I've had people reach out to me who saw my stuff on Instagram, and I was so surprised, I was like, this is so much more than just selfies and cat pictures, so who'd have thought?
1: Yeah, you can turn it into a portfolio, and that's kind of where, like, I go with my Instagram now, is, is, I, I showcase my work, and I showcase who I am, because I, like, Engaging with the followers and trying to get new followers and branding. uh, It's just not in my wheelhouse And I know what like, you know, you know what you're capable of and you know what you're not capable of and like I try my hardest I have been trying but I just Social media is just not like I like that's what I loved about tumblr. It's like you can literally just post anything and nobody cared Um, But yeah, it's
0: it's uh, social media is interesting like you said earlier some some people on social media can be really negative or nasty and i think that's kind of part of what comes with whenever you're putting yourself out there and showing your creative side to the world some people just are going to be are going to be negative jerks i guess they have nothing better to do than to try to put other people down publicly mm-hmm. they're not doing anything but how do you deal with the negativity it took a lot of finding my own self the last six or seven
1: years while using social media um, and being confident in who I am. So like I once had someone, I posted a boomerang of one Christmas of me reaching for a cinnamon roll. And some rando responded, no more, no more. You're getting fat. And I wanted to like, yeah, I wanted to like rip his throat out. And I was so upset. And I was like, this kid doesn't even know me. And at the time I had an eating disorder. So like I was, I was not doing well. And my mom was like, but you don't know these people. Just like he doesn't know you, you don't know him. He's not worth it. And that kind of always stuck in my head is like, yeah, they're not worth it. They're sad people who get off on trolling others. And they think that their opinions matter, which they don't. And sometimes every once in a while, I'll respond to someone and be like, you know, you know, you don't know anything. Get off your high horse. But it's, it's more so of realizing that they're nobodies and they're, they're bullies. Bullies get off on annoying you, right? If you ignore them, they stop. That's something we learned when we were five. And so I just kind of utilize that. It's like you ignore them, delete the comments. They're just trying to get aroused out of you.
0: So we met when I shot your music video for Shatter and the song had a lot of emotion behind it and you had a really strong concept and story for the video, do all of your songs have stories? It depends on the song um, because
1: with Shatter, I, I vividly remember writing it and remember what I was like thinking And what it meant to me. And then when I sat down to do the music video and come up with a concept, I had a totally different one. Like it was, it had a whole other set. We were at a dinner party. It had nothing to do with the music video that came to be. um, Because I didn't have the money to film what I wanted to film. So I came up with a different idea. And what what, what was created and what you helped show was like so much more what the song was than what I had originally thought for the music video. And sometimes when I'm writing a music video will pop in my head, like where I want it to kind of go. And some aspects of shatter were in my mind, like the void, that was in my mind the whole time I was writing shatter. Like in my head when I was writing shatter, it was, I was sitting in a glass box and like, you know, the whole point of it is to shatter the glass box. Right. Mm -hmm. So that was there. Um, but what ended up being was so much more than I expected, uh, and so much cooler than I expected it, but, like, with Spies, writing that one, I have a whole, like, in my head a montage of fighting and, you know, totally different than the story that's written. Um, but other songs are very taylor swifty and they tell like the exact like oh i'm opening a book and reading once upon a time and other songs are like hey get your shit together this is what i'm thinking so it's it's really like dependent on on the style of the song that is being written i think and shatter came out very similar and very different to what i had thought at the same time
0: So what kind of things do you like to write as a screenwriter? Is there a particular genre or theme that you tend to write about or that inspires you?
1: Comedy, hundred percent. I mean, I am like, I've seen enough drama in my life and like life is already depressing and sad as it is. And there's so much shit going on that having an outlet where people can just laugh and knowing that like, I made them think while laughing. That's the difference. Like, I, I don't want to make stupid comedies. I, I want the comedies to make you think, but they're not dramatic. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they're, it's not, like my shirt right now is Bob's Burgers. I love that show because it's never filled. There's no drama in it, but it is hysterical. And it always makes me feel good. And so like, if you can make people think and laugh at the same time, that's, that's what I find most interesting about you. Like that's the that's the direction I want to go. But if you were to say to me, hey, I need you to write like a drama that's that's going to make people think, I'm like, do I have to? Like I'll, I'll perform it. I'll, I'll be the, the dramatic actress, but to write it out, I'm like, I've already seen enough drama. And that's kind of also where I put, I put my drama in my music and I put my funny in my movies. Does that make sense? <laughs> like I like, yeah. I like, I like both, but in different ways. It take, my boyfriend has to um, force me to watch dramas. Like we, we're getting through Game Game of Thrones. We've been together for almost three years, and I just now got to Game of Thrones because he had to build me my tolerance up for drama. <laughs> you know, and every now and then, still I'm like fast forward. I don't want to see this. I don't want to see it. It's nonsense. It's too Tell me what happens. It's too dramatic. Like, I you know I'm, and that's fine for people that or people who love horror. I don't get it. I don't like gru- gruesome, but that's just me. And that's a great thing. There's so many different things for everyone. So instead of forcing myself to push myself to be what I think people want, like like I was trying to do with social media, um, instead of writing things that I think people want, I'm writing what I want to write. And if they like it, they like it. <laughs> if they don't, okay, someone will.
0: Well, I mean, I think that's, that's, where, where, your I most, that's where your most authentic self comes out. I think One of the best pieces of screenwriting advice that I got was that anybody can write about anything, even if it's not necessarily something that you've personally experienced, but there always has to be some kind of personal connection to it. And I think you can see that. I mean, especially when I was in school, you see tons of students just trying to copy other filmmakers or trying to write a gangster movie or a hardcore drama where Mm -hmm. they don't really have any connection to the material. And you can tell versus somebody who's writing about something that maybe even if they haven't personally experienced, they've experienced something similar or have some kind of personal connection or passion for it. Definitely, no,
1: I mean, even just like when I was graduating college, watching everybody's thesis films, and I knew these people, you know, now for a while, I was like, I could tell who wrote what they knew, even if it was only the slightest bit, who wrote what they knew versus who was trying to prove something. Mm -hmm. and like I wrote about panic attacks because I, I have panic attacks regularly and I knew what I wanted my script to be and I knew how I wanted it to come out and be performed and I remember arguing with the teachers they were like oh well what if she had a panic attack while she was doing public speaking I was like that's not when I get panic attacks I have no problem talking in front of people like I I'm trying to show the other side of it the side that isn't commercial the side that isn't um, blockbuster, like, you know, like a lot of times blockbuster films are written for the lowest common denominator. When I was like, this is my thesis. It's five minutes and I'm putting a shit ton of money in it. I'm going to write what I want to write and you're going to give me an A and I got it. But like, you could tell who was, like you said, who was writing in a sense that they were just trying to prove a point that they went to film school and they can do it versus writing something that meant something to them. And you can tell the difference in blockbuster films you can tell the difference in films that are out there like i don't agree with every oscar nomination because sometimes i'm like they were just writing this to get the award they weren't writing it to entertain or be thought invoking it was just because they did all of the checklists that'll get them the award you know
0: yeah i mean i think comedies deserve so much more credit because i think any good movie can make you think it doesn't necessarily have to be some kind of tear-jerker drama and people do want to be entertained. I'm the exact same way when it comes to comedy. It's like, I'll see drama films that look interesting and I'll think, oh, I do want to watch that eventually. So I'm always adding them to my Netflix. They're all on the list. Exactly, they're on the list, but then every time I actually sit down to watch a movie with anybody, I'm sitting there saying, Oh yeah, you know, it's been a dramatic day, lots of stuff going on at work, lots of other shit. I just want to watch something fun. Gotta be gotta be comedies and I mean like really good ones. They do make you think. And I think in a way, just that I don't know, humor's such a good outlet too because there's so much you can do with that you can transform trauma into humor you can transform all kinds of past experiences and present them in a way that's insightful but that's still going to make people laugh and think and Mm -hmm. relate to it I feel like I can relate to something more when it's these are real people and life can get kind of ridiculous sometimes and so it's it's real people but the circumstances just happen to be funny because there's so much absurdity in life as well exactly I mean even so that's why the comedy news
1: desks like trevor noah and the daily show and uh stephen colbert and all of those people are successful even though it's news and they're talking about drama stuff is because they make people laugh at the same time and so you're thinking while also getting kind of a relief and that's the that's the great thing about comedy. i mean even yesterday i watched dude Where's my car i mean it's a dumb movie but it's funny and it kind of makes you think and in watching it nowadays 22 years later I'm thinking it in a whole other mesh of things because I'm thinking well we wouldn't make it this way now and we wouldn't have the tit thing and we wouldn't have the obsession with butts and we wouldn't have like you know the weird stereotypical things but it's still interesting to watch like the early 2000 comedies even though we wouldn't make them the same they're very they're still thought-provoking even though some of them are really dumb and um that's I think shows a smart writer when you can write something dumb that's still thought-provoking.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. I think that's so much harder than writing something that's just straight up hardcore drama because you, kind of, you kind of know what people are going to react to and you're just trying to get those certain emotions versus how can I be funny and entertaining yet still get people to think and feel something at the same time.
1: Yeah, it's got like a whole other layer to it than drama doesn't necessarily get because drama is very straightforward on like, this is the bad thing. Let's talk about the bad thing. Yeah. Um, And so it gives, it's a, I don't know. I always found comedy to be more complex. I find it comedy is a lot harder to do than drama. Oh yeah. For most people because comedic timing is hard. And yet comedy doesn't get the awards that drama gets because you didn't cry or you didn't lose a ton of weight or you didn't, and it's like, yeah, but making someone laugh the right way at the right time with the line that was written that you've said fourteen times already and you're bored with making stuff making it still funny that's hard, you know. And so yeah, I have a I have a real soft spot for comedy and and defending it. <laughs> like, and, um, my sister's not into comedy that much, and and like I'll talk about all the different stand-up comedians or talk about how it how they made the stand-up and how it like the dynamics of it she's like I do not care I don't like it's fine it's funny it's funny funny okay
0: (laughs) yeah it is really hard and I also love watching foreign comedies because I feel like when it comes to drama you get pretty similar subjects from film industries all over the world because everybody's going through the same thing no matter where they're at, you know, family drama, relationships, coming of age. Mm -hmm. But then comedy is where you get the really interesting cultural differences and it feels like you're really learning more about that country and those people because this is the humor. This is the situations that they find themselves in. Like I've been watching Mm -hmm. a ton of Korean comedies lately and I discovered I really like the Korean style of filmmaking, or at least the, the stuff that's on yeah, yeah, that's
1: the, that's, I mean, that's the great thing about streaming services now too, is that we have access to everything, you know, and like other countries have the opportunity now to not just follow the American direction of how, you know, the, the story st- telling structure that Americans have devised for filmmaking. Um, see, you know, like, and it's interesting to find like, A lot of Americans don't like the British Office, or they, you know, or they don't really understand Bollywood, or you know, different films that come out of Bollywood, and how, and it's and it's so fascinating to me that like it's I don't know I find it easier for other countries to get American humor because Americans are like hey we're America pay attention to us, but like it it is it takes a lot more intelligence to also find um, other countries' humor. Interesting because humor takes intelligence, you know, like yeah, you can laugh at something dumb and someone falling on a banana, but true humor takes thought and understanding of where the situation is coming from.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Great. Have you ever done stand-up by the way? Like you mentioned um, a bit. once.
1: Actually, I had to. I was forced to for a final in college. They took us to the Haha ha Cafe and we had to do a five-minute stand-up, and I was terrified, but I got more laughs than I thought I ever would, and I was like, whoa, maybe I am funny, like, but I was like, you look at the video, and I'm like, shaking, and talking so fast, but people laughed, and I was like, okay, I guess I'm funny, (laughs) like, well, maybe I should write things, and so yeah, that's how I kind of, doing this stand-up really pushed me to be like, don't do drama. You should do comedy. You like comedy. Why are you trying to do sad shit? So, yes, I'm, uh, once I might try it again, but it's not the uh, direction I'm headed. <laughs> as much
0: as I love watching other people do stand up, I can see you being good at stand up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's what, yeah. I've I've gotten that before. I do enjoy it. I will see. Maybe who knows where these paths take us? You know, like. And maybe my comedy will bring me on stage one day. We'll see.
0: (laughs) So you mentioned a few times that the key to success in the creative field, a lot of it is just confidence, believing in yourself and being able to put yourself out there and finding that confidence and that belief in your own ideas and your own work. At least for me, that was definitely one of the challenges when I first started out, because everybody wants to think that, that they've got something special, but there's so many other people out there. And especially with social media, we're surrounded by so many other people who are also doing exciting things. And it's easy to look at people and think, oh, that idea is better. That person's better. What advice would you have to people who are just starting out and trying to find that confidence to keep going?
1: I mean, I still get imposter syndrome on a daily basis. I'm like, you know, there's so many people in this, fucking business excuse me but like like there are so many people and then there's so many more people and then there's so many more people and it's like you can get really lost if you're only focusing on your competition and so I every time I find the imposter syndrome sneaking up I'm like excuse you lady like you have been working on this for a long time you are an entertainer you make like you you do this stuff you you are valid in your work because you've produced the work Um, it takes a lot of just reminding yourself that the internet is fake, uh, that a lot of what gets put out on the internet is to, to be like, Hey, look at this thing I'm doing to make yourself feel better. Like, uh, you know, I sent a Snapchat beforehand to my friends. I was like, Hey, I'm doing a little podcast interview and like, I haven't done anything in a while, but like I have, um, I've been writing, I've been studying I've been working towards it and so it's just my my biggest thing on on um not putting yourself down and keeping going is to just remind yourself that like your uniqueness and not being the same as the person next to you is what gets you picked so not following the algorithm might taking that different path whatever you know that's going to get you picked being different and being confident in your difference. Not like, I'm so quirky. Cause like, I, that's what you're looking for. Versus like, I'm just naturally quirky. Like, sorry, dude, I'm, I'm awkward. Hello, this is me. Um, you just, you being, be forcing yourself to not fake it till you make it, but just trusting your instincts. Like if you had the instinct to be a creative, you're probably a creative and it's a difficult and scary business but just keep reminding you that you're creative and someone out there is going to want your work eventually. It's not going to happen overnight and it doesn't for the people on the internet either. It just seems like that. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> be, being uh, confident till you got it.
0: I feel the same way about the whole imposter syndrome thing. I feel like I, ha- I have this voice in my head and half the time it's telling me, oh, was that creepy? Was that awkward? Don't be creepy. Don't be awkward. And then another voice that's going, no, no, it's fine. It doesn't matter. Just keep going and be awesome. Yeah, exactly.
1: Like it, being yourself is w- really what will get you farthest. Trying to be like other people will not. and And it's so easy to fall into, oh, well, the cool girls are getting all the likes because they're showing the side of their butt. Like if I start doing that, I'll start getting more likes and then maybe people will like my music. And it's like, no, if that's not who you're comfortable being, then don't be that. And that's like, right now, my big thing on social media is body positivity because I've had such an influx of weight throughout my whole life. So my biggest thing is like my honest, authentic self is saying, Hey, like not always confident in my body, but like, I love her and i'm not going to change her because you know some chick on the internet was selling diet pills <laughs> like yeah. you know and it's just not falling into the traps which is hard but looking out for the traps and and you notice the traps a lot easier when you're your most authentic self you're not easily convinced and you know gullible to those kinds of things on the internet and those kinds of things in the industry uh when you're when you're true to who you really are.
0: Yeah, definitely. And just having it, yeah, having it all be for you, not just, oh, I'm trying to get likes or followers or anything. But like every time I think, oh, was that, is this too weird or is this, is this awkward? I have to remind myself, it doesn't matter. I'm doing it because I want to and it doesn't matter what other people think. But it's always those little voices that get in your head
1: the voices will keep bugging you and they'll tell you that that's not what the agents are looking for and that's not what the, the writers are like or whatever and the casting directors and the producers or whatever I, I, there's always someone out there who's looking for what you've got to bring to the table you just have to find that person and that's the difficulty of the journey is finding the people that will you know serve you <laughs> yeah
0: so last question what are you working on next season? I would like
1: to put out more music I've I've got I've got like 16 songs that just need proper melodies and proper recording and unfortunately I'm a little broke right now so that's making it difficult but doing uh just never stop never stopping writing never stopping because eventually it you know when it comes it comes and I you know you've got to be ready so I've, I've, I've been, like, my, my cell phone notes are filled with music all up and down. Uh, I practice I practice vocals every day as much as I can and just keeping the instrument working. Um, and what was the other question? And where can we follow you? Oh, at Elizabeth Froelich underscore is in my Instagram. So E-L-I-Z-A-B-E-T-H, F as in Frank r-o-h-l-i-c-h underscore Uh, that's my Instagram and I have a Facebook as well which is the same and my website
0: thank you so much for being here it was awesome catching up and hearing all about your journey and inspirations and I am so excited to hear this new music soon thank you so much for having me Thank you so much for listening to Shots with Catherine Conversations with Creatives. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Shots with Catherine. If you enjoy this podcast and want to help us grow, head to our Red Circle podcast page and donate to the show and get a shout out in a future episode. Be sure to tune in next week when I'll be joined by rapper and music producer MG the Visionary. Thank you so much for listening and catch you next week.